What's going on, Thrive Church family? We're so grateful you're tuning into this week's podcast. We pray this message will bless you in the same way that it's blessed our house this past Sunday. Do me a favor, stand to your feet one time, and let's give it up for Pastor Chris Estrada. Let's get ready for what he has to say to us, and let's get ready for the word tonight. Come on now. Gosh, what an honor. You may be seated. My goodness, I feel so, so humbled by that introduction. I, I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just someone that said yes really well to Jesus my entire life. And so, um, but I am truly honored and excited to be here. I've heard that this weekend has felt like heaven has punched a hole in the roof and just invaded anyone's life. Come on, everyone get a touch from God this weekend. Come on, anyone? Yeah. And so uh, I just, uh, man, I, I have come weapons hot. I'm not trying to, I get one shot at this unique room. I feel like this is a gathering of eagles and elites. That's what I felt like when I stepped in, that there's some weighty strength and destiny in this room. And so I, I'm, I'm not gonna hold back. I'm Hispanic. We don't have any filters anyways. Come on, I know I got a lot of caramel brown people in the room. Where you at, caramel? Make some noise. Yep, uh-huh. And we got some chocolate. Where you at, chocolate? Go ahead and make some noise. Yeah, we got some chocolate. Uh-huh, yeah, everybody loves chocolate. And we got some whipped cream up in this room. Where you at, where you at, whipped cream? Yeah. It don't matter what flavor you are, everybody got a sweet tooth in here, all right? So, but I, uh, I didn't come alone. I brought my oldest son with me, my son Elisha. He's right here. Elisha, would you stand up and say hi? This is my son Elisha. Y'all say what's up to him. He's, uh, he's been traveling with his dad, and he goes every weekend where I go, and just really excited to get some time with him. But um, I, I recognize this is my first time to Lathrop. Now, I've been to the region, but I, I can't believe this is my first time as I have met uh, 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 multiple uh, faces in this room, multiple voices and leaders in this room. But Pastor Chris has, has stood above a lot of them just because of the grace that he carries. Not, not very many, not just in his age, but even in, I would say even in his lane can carry a church into this moment, into the next season, battle through so much and still be full of fire. Come on, do you love Pastor Chris and this whole team? Come on, can you give it up though? Give it up for Pastor Matt and the whole team for pulling this one together. That's pretty powerful. Give it up for every volunteer, every parent, every student, everyone that served food. Give it up for every speaker that has come in from Obed, to Matt, to the seven by seven. What a buildup. But recognizing this is my first time to Lathrop, let me tell you my story so you know where this crazy Mexican is coming from, okay? Um, I grew up on the border of the United States and Mexico, and you have probably heard of my city, but for all the wrong reasons, because nobody vacations in my city, all right? You go there for one of two reasons. You go there, number one, to visit family, or number two, to do something illegal. That's the only reason, I'm not lying, okay? If you've heard about all the cartel wars, all the drug trafficking, all that, okay, those are all my cousins. <laughs> so, no point. Like, my whole life felt like an episode of Narcos. That's what I grew up in. I'm not playing. So you can imagine, growing up in that kind of environment, I found myself at the age of 12 with a drug addiction, a lust problem, and an anger issue, but I love to play basketball. Come on, anybody love to hoop in here? Anyone love to hoop in here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I would go to this church, right, that had a gym, and they would open it up right before the service to get all the students from the, uh, you know, into the gym, and then when the service would start, they would transition and try to get all the students from the gym to the service. Well, in that transition, I would dip and leave and find somewhere else to play, but the youth pastor got involved in my life, and one day he came to me, and he said, hey, do you want to go to church camp? Now, honest to God, I had no idea what this was, all right? I was, I, he said, hey, you want to go to church camp? 
I said, there are going to be hot girls at this camp. There are going to be fine women. At the, I was a 16-year-old little pervert. I had no idea what I was saying, okay? And he said, he was like, well, we're going to go for Jesus. I said, fine, you can go for Jesus. I'm going to get some phone numbers. <laughs> I'm going to camp. What I didn't realize is on the first night of that camp, your boy got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and called into ministry all in one night, baby. It's a game-changing night for me. And from that point forward, I went to Bible college. Then I went into business. I was a missionary in Sri Lanka. Uh, I took over a student ministry where uh, when I came back to the States and we had a sweeping revival where this is what I love about how God is positioning and weaponizing this generation is that you will take any risk, any radical strategy. If God's wind is blowing at your back and you will terrorize the devil, you will begin to take ground. And this is what we began to watch is we started watching students who would turn in uh, their schools into churches. They would literally take over classrooms. They walk into malls. There was places in our mall. I could go back to this small and remember when someone's leg grew out or when someone's eyeball appeared in their socket when they didn't have an eyeball. I literally watched a kid cast demons out of his friend and order from McDonald's at the same time. The same time. All right. No, I'm not lying. This is what I love about your generation. We're going to have dinner and revival at the same time. I'm Mexican. I, I can vibe with that. And really, the last 14 years of my life, I've dedicated to raising and releasing this next wave of influencers that I see that are going to be holy disruptions in every sphere of society. I'm talking about in politics, education, business, medicine, the church. Come on, do I have faith for that in the room? Are we going to run this town or are we just going to let the town run without us? And I now get to carry a vision at uh, Missions Me. We call it Love Has No Limits now, where our job uh, and our assignment is to unite the global church for the salvation and transformation of nations. And I'll unpack a little bit more about what that looks like. But there's no way I could do what I do alone. I've been married to my wife now for 19 years. Come on, that's a miracle in my family. I have the longest first marriage in my family. All right, longest. I'm breaking curses out here, y'all. And I, I, we, I've been married 19 years. We have four amazing kids. She wants more. I don't pray for her, not me. That's the devil, all right? But I can't think of a better place to be than right here at Run This Town. Who's hyped about being in the building tonight? That's all right. Now, listen, I, I, I'm sure you can tell I don't do no quiet church. I'm too Hispanic for that. I'm too brown for that, all right? I, I believe a quiet church is a dead church, all right? I believe the Word of God deserves a response. Hello? Like, I like playing on my home court because it meant I had the most crowd support. Well, I believe the Word should get the most crowd support every time it's open. Are you with me? Can you talk back? Come on. Can you talk back to me tonight? No, no. Can you talk back to me tonight? No, I don't know. I need you to talk, but listen, if the preaching sucks... If you talk back, it might get better. It might. I'm not making any promises, but it might. All right? But can you talk back to me? Somebody say yes. yes. Say, come on, somebody. Come on. Say, come on, somebody. I don't, I don't even know how to spell that. That's a big word like mayonnaise. I don't know how to spell that one either. Are you ready for the word? Yes. No, come on. I said, are you ready for this word tonight? Yes. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Hey, do me a favor. Do me a favor, turn on your Bible and go to Daniel, the third chapter. Yeah, I know what generation we live in, for crying out loud. Turn it on, all right? And if you open it, that's fine. If you turn it on, that's fine. My Bible says it's the Word of God that's living and active, not what it opens up to or what it turn on. 
I, I, I just keep your Bible charged, right? Uh, Daniel chapter three, we're gonna begin uh, eating in this chapter, and uh, there's a lot to unpack, but let me kind of give you uh, some background, because it's really, we're gonna parachute right in the middle of a situation. In Daniel, the third chapter, you'll find that the Babylonian Empire is ruling the entire known world. And they are conquering nations literally in days and moving on to the next one. And a, a nation they just conquered, what conquered was the nation of Israel. And so what, they're, 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 what they normally did is they would take the strongest and the smartest of a nation and bring them back to Babylon, their headquarters, and they would begin to brainwash them and indoctrinate them and try to get them. They would change their names. They would change, uh, they would literally erase their lineages and their history. And so they were literally the strongest force on the earth. And it was led by a king named Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was completely into himself. And several times he and all of his delegates, all of his advisors, all of the rulers would actually take times to, to tempt, if not defile, the children of Israel. Daniel many times had to stand on holy principles and covenant with God opposing Babylon. Now we're gonna read where his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their Babylonian names, are about to do the same thing. And you'll find that many times they would, they would have to defend against culture, against pressure, against lies, against headlines, against social media feeds, against influencers. Am I getting anywhere in your world right now? They would have to defend themselves, but they didn't defend out of opinion or popularity or stances or followings. They defended on one thing, and that was a covenant word with God. And so I want to read to you, look at this, Daniel chapter 3. Let's begin eating right here in verse 13. It says, this is Nebuchadnezzar. He says, I'm gonna give you one more chance to bow down. Now, you have to understand, Nebuchadnezzar has set up an idol to himself. This guy, all right, is so full of his ego that he literally sets up an idol that's made after him and then creates his own soundtrack and now makes it a law that anyone who hears this sound, this song comes on, has the immediately bow down. Can you imagine being at Chipotle? Can you imagine being at the grocery store? You imagine being at the gas station and over the loudspeaker comes a sound and you have to bow down because if you didn't, they were actually going to throw you into a fiery furnace. Can you imagine being out there and this sound comes on and everybody bows down, but you like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They don't. Everybody, boom, and they're sitting there like, oh no, baby, what is you doing? What is you doing? Like they're sitting there trying to figure out, right? So so now you have these three guys that are brought to Nebuchadnezzar and they are, he's gonna say this to them in such a way that they are faced with death. He says, I'm gonna give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made. When you hear the sound, everybody say, hear the sound. Hear the sound. Say, hear the sound. hear the sound. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into this blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able, and we could stop right there. You know what? You could put a period at that sentence. You could even put a blank and put whatever you want 
after Abel. How many of you know God is able to heal cancer stage four tonight? God is able to get rid of all your anxiety and depression tonight. God is able to literally deliver you out of your addictions tonight. God is able to heal your past even though it's in your present so it doesn't affect your purpose in the future. God is able. We don't serve a God that was able. He is able, right? They say, he says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves. If we're thrown in this blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But this is where I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were from the hood. 100%. Because that was a good enough response. We'd have been like, all right, amen, that's good. That's good church, right? They're like, the God whom we serve is able. He's gonna rescue us. But watch this. But even if he does then, does this not sound like some hood rat type talk right here from the streets, all right? But like you can see somebody, but... Even, but even, e even if he doesn't, right? But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship that ugly ghost statue that you have set up. Come on, there's so much wind on this right here. This is strong. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. It looked like he tongue-kissed a lemon. The whole thing, right? He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them in. what they do? They... And... They did what? They... And... I need you to remember that, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw these three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell in the roaring flames, but suddenly. Come on, this is where it gets gooder and gooder and gooder. How many of you know God knows how to make an entrance? How many know God's timing is flawless? How I many you know if God is doing something, he's doing it on purpose? And if God is doing nothing, he is doing nothing on purpose. So whether he's doing something, baby, or he's doing nothing, he's doing it all on purpose. Are you with me? I love this but suddenly because I think there's going to be some suddenlies in NorCal. I think there's going to be suddenlies in Tracy, in Stockton, in Modesto, in the Bay, in the Sac, right here. Come on, there's some suddenlies waiting for us right here in Lathrop. How many of you believe but suddenly is going to be a part of our inheritance, is going to be part of our history, is going to be part of our claim and our calling? But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement, exclaimed as his virus, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the living God. Woo, I'm telling you right now. My God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Why? Because the God we serve is able, baby. Come on, can we give God some praise? Man, there is so much here, and we're going to taste it all. 
But first, but first, let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to flood every heart. Father, I speak to this atmosphere, and I say that you are full of faith, and you are full of hope, and you're full of peace, and you're full of joy, and I come against every limit, every restriction, every barrier, every lie, every demonic harassment I say is broken right now in Jesus' name, and I call every man and every woman into their season. I call them into their rhythm. I call them into fresh fire, God. We don't want manageable fire. We don't want seasonal fire. We don't want Sunday morning fire. We don't want synthetic fire. God, we want a historic outpouring of holy fire that erupts a town on over another town into this town in the next one, God, that you would disrupt the cycles of darkness, God, that you would invade with power, invade with love, invade with your goodness, Lord. And I call every man and every woman to the front lines of their purpose and destiny tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you from this word that continues to wrap itself around my life, I want to preach to you about being fearless. I believe it's time that we are fearless. I'm not talking about posting your opinions. I, I think we post too much. My goodness, if we prayed as much as we posted, we would actually, pray, uh, actually change some things. I have found we have too many Twitter apostles and Facebook prophets and Instagram teachers, and we all want our 60-second clips, and we all want our podcasts and our YouTube channels, but there are still uh, demons running through in the seasons, in the cities. There are still agents of darkness trying to claim a generation, and I have found that there is this slowly muzzling happening on a generation that won't speak up for truth. We need some fearless people again. We need fearless people who will interrupt a shopping mall because the Spirit of God moves on their spirit and they actually begin to release prophetic words in the mall. We need the type of people who will cast out demons in the grocery store. I'm talking about the type of people that don't just prophesy here, but they do it the same way without a ban and a message and they can do it in the aisles of Walmart, Target and at their favorite place. I'm talking about we need fearless people again. I remember one time I, uh, when I was confronted with this, I, I, my wife and I, we used to live in Sri Lanka. How many know where Sri Lanka's at? All three of you. That's great. So uh, it's about 50 miles south of India, and this was in the middle of civil war. I remember mortar shells blowing up down the road from my house. I remember suicide bombers that actually bombed the hotels we stayed in. So we'd wake up and boom, things are flying and you're shaking and you don't know what's going on. Bullets fly. It was intense. And in the middle of all that, we were seeing daily salvation, signs, wonders, healings, miracles. It was powerful. But then my, my uh, we, we would always, rest was a very big discipline for us, still is. And we would take a day off and we would switch, uh, uh, take turns on who got to pick what we did on our day off. And so this was my wife's term. And I was like, babe, her name's Erica. I said, Erica, what do you want to do for our day off? And she's like, I want to go see some elephants at this particular specific elephant orphanage. Now, I know why she wants to go to this orphanage, because there is a three-legged elephant at this orphanage, all right? And the reason why it's only got three legs is because it was in the middle of Civil War, and they would use landmines, and this elephant stepped on this landmine, and the bomb blew off its leg. And so rescuers got to the elephant in time to save its life, but not its leg. And so they, it's managed to have some sense of a normal life with three legs, and so everybody has flown from around the world to come see this elephant. They've done all kinds of documentaries and articles on this elephant. And so my wife's like, hey, I want to go see this. Now, I don't know if anyone's been out of the country before. Come on, anybody? Anybody? Yeah. You know that, that when you go out of the country, there's two types of rates. There's like the local rate, 
that you pay for things, which is like 50 cents. And then there's the foreigner rate, which is like $1,000. Now, I don't look like I live in Sri Lanka, because I, but I do. But they're charging us the foreigner rate, which is like $5,000. I'm like, apparently, they don't know that I'm a broke missionary, but I want to make my wife happy. So I'll go ahead and spend you know, $10,000 to see some elephants. Well, if you're spending $25,000 to see some elephants, you know, I'm going to get some pictures. This was in the day of disposable cameras. Come on, you ever heard of one of these things? right? And then before we had cameras on our phones. And so you would go, remember, you take the picture, pop, and then you have to reload the next one. Zip, zip, zip. Pop, zip, 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 pop, and heaven forbid that you want flash, all right? Because you had to press the world's smallest button for it to light to charge up, which was dumb. It pop it, and then boom, the flash was terrible, right? And then you don't even know if you got a good picture. Like you went to, you got them developed, you picked them up, and you're looking at the picture like, oh my gosh, what is that? People are demons. Like, what is that? You didn't know, right? And so I remember, I'm like, man, Pastor, I go and grab like 20 cameras. I look like a journalist. Because I'm like, man, I spent $50,000 apparently to see some elephants. I'm going to get as many as I can. So I walk up with all these cameras, and sure enough, there's a big crowd of people there. And I'm like, no, no, I spent $100,000. I'm not going to be taking pictures from the back. So I make my way to the front, and all of a sudden, here come the elephants. And I'm like, pop, zip, zip, pop, zip, zip, pop. I'm, I don't care. I'm in people's way. I'm sitting here. I'm like IG in the thing before IG was around. I'm like getting the up saddle, the down. I'm trying to put filters with the sunlight in there. Pop. It doesn't matter. When you spend $150,000 to see some elephants, you're going to get some pictures. Well, all of a sudden, I see a guy behind us, and he's like, hey, hey, any." Anybody wants to see a magic trick? Anybody wants to see a magic trick? I'm like, not right now, homie. I spent a quarter of a million dollars to see elephants today. I'm not mad about it or stressed about the money, but I'm going to take some pictures, right? So people start leaving. And I'm thinking, what are y'all doing? We, are, we spent half a million dollars to see elephants today, right? And sure enough, here comes a three-legged elephant. It's the last element because it's slowest, right? And it starts walking, and it's walking like this. I'm not twerking. This is really how it's walking, all right? It's walking like this. For all you carnal Christians out there, right? So, like, it was doing this, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. I'm the last guy, and the guy's like, sir, do you want to see a magic trick? Well, I mean, you could tell. I'm a kid at heart, so I'm like, hey, hey, I don't want to see a magic trick, you know? I want to see one, right? So I walk over, and this guy's like, all right, everybody make a circle. And he goes to this little kid, and he goes, all right, now, now pick a finger, any finger. And this kid goes, um, this one. And, and this guy goes, now watch this. And boom, blisters pop out all over his finger. I'm thinking, mm-mm, mm-mm. You're broken. There's something broken. That's not right. Mine don't do that. Like, you know. And then he's like, now watch this. Watch this. And pow, blisters pop out all over his hand. I'm thinking, mm, you need to put some Windex on that or something like that. You know, like all the Mexicans, you know, anyways. So that's what my grandma did. She always went, let's just put some Windex on. I'm like, that's right. That's great. So, so I remember sitting there and he's like, then he takes a doll out and he gives a doll to this woman. And uh, he says, do whatever you want with this doll and my body will do the same thing. So she takes the arm and starts twisting it. And I watched the man's arm twist three or four times over without breaking. Then she took the doll and bent it backwards. And I watched the back of his head touch the back of his heels with no injury. Then he took out a needle, fam. And he started swallowing this needle. Like this, straight, like that. Not angle it or nothing. And then he lifted his shirt and the needle was coming out of his shirt. I'm, or his stomach. I was like, I wanted to go, I, you know, I want to see if it was real. I wanted to go in there and just, you know, see if it. And this whole time, as he's doing trick after trick, I can feel this dark, heavy, intimidating presence the whole time. And then thoughts start hitting my head. This one thought specifically was, 
Can you do that? Can the God you serve have you do that? Well, I, I, I didn't know. I, I, I was a young missionary. We didn't have run this town conference, all right? Like, we didn't have none of this, all right? I was a young missionary. I was like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. So, I, like, I checked in with God. I was like, yo, what's up? So, listen, um, can we do that? Like, can we do that? Is that foul? Is that, like, is that a foul? Is that fair? Like, like, and then I told the Lord, I said, because that's powerful. And you know what he did? He laughed at me. I'm not lying. <laughs> as true as I could say. I said, Lord, that's powerful. And he went, <laughs> stop playing. You play too much. I'm like, sir, stop playing. You play too much. Stop. I'm serious. We got a situation right now. Stop playing. Right? And he's laughing. I feel like my life is one big meme. Come on, anyone else? Anyone? Yeah, come on, let's talk about the private things people don't know about, all the dumb crap, the spirit of stupid comes on you and you be doing, all right? And so, like, I'm, I'm not lying. I feel like God, if he ever needs a laugh, he's like, what's Chris doing? This fool right here. Look at this fool. God, that's powerful. <laughs> hey, Michael, Gabriel, come here, come here. Chris, say it again. Lord, that's powerful. And he's like, I know, I know. He's my favorite. That's how I feel like my life is, 100% of the time. I said, Lord, that's powerful. And God's like, Son, that's not powerful. I said, did you, did you not see the doll thing? Did you not see the doll thing? He's like, no, no, son, that's not powerful. I said, apparently you didn't see the needle thing. Did you see the needle thing, sir? He said, son, that's not powerful. I said, what are you talking about? He said, watch this. He said, all that man can do is impress the crowd, but he can't change the crowd. And what I'm putting on your life and what I'm putting on a generation is a mantle of transformation that you're gonna run into a city, you're gonna run into a school, you're gonna run into your circle of friends and ain't nothing gonna be leaving the same. You're gonna ruin everything. You're gonna ruin people for fear. You're gonna ruin people for average. You're gonna ruin people for normal. You're gonna ruin, where are the fearless ones at tonight? Where are the mighty ones at tonight? Where are the fiery ones at? Where are the risk takers, the pioneers, those who don't know limits, those who can pray themselves? Where are the fearless at tonight? We need fearless people again. We don't, listen, I, I'm I tell my kids this, hey, you say, but you're not soft. You need to stop acting so pacified and a sissy when it comes to this subject or that subject with your, my, my own kids. I'm like, you better stop being so sissified. You better act safe. I think there's something about a generation that doesn't just use social media, it doesn't just use opinions, but it uses anointing. It uses the grace of God. It has a prior life that's wrapped itself around you so that when you speak, there is weight to your words and it causes all of hell to get nervous and heaven to get excited and baby, that's just the way we like it. Come on, where are the fearless at tonight? If you're going to be fearless, let me give you three things. Three things you say with your life real quick. Number one, number one is I don't bow. I refuse to bow. I won't bow. I'm done bowing. I don't bow. You know, I, 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 I recognize that there's a lot of pressure to bow to other people's perceptions, perspectives, policies or ideologies, but friend, if it's not in the word of God, there will come a day where you will stand before a holy God and he will examine your entire life. And if you're not careful, as he combs through your entire soul and combs through your entire thought life, it will be on that day you can't quote headlines and you can't talk about social media feeds. It'll be on that day that you not only believe his word, but did you live out the truth that you gave? We need people to say, I'm done bowing. I refuse to bow. I remember, I remember when I first got saved. 
I told you guys on the first night of that camp, I got saved, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and called into ministry all on the same night. It was an absolutely game-changing night for me. And then I, it was like four days of camp, and God did such a deep work in me. There were, he was causing me to unlearn things and then relearn them the right way, the kingdom way. And so I knew that the real test wasn't, you know, the truth is like, it's easy to be hyped and go, after, go hard after God in environments like this. I mean, we got it all, baby. I mean, we got the big screen. We got the lights. There's so many lights on me, I feel like a piece of chicken at Popeye's. I mean, there's just, there's this, this, this lighting right here. I mean, we got the smoke, right, with the fake Shekinah. We got it all, okay? But the truth is, if, if you need all of this to encounter him, it's not real. It's not real. And I knew when I first got saved, what was really gonna matter was not could I live for him at church camp, could I do it when I got home? See, I wanna know that you didn't waste your time, your effort, your Friday and Saturday, and your money, and then you go back to the same person you were before you got to run this town. I wanna know that something marked you, I wanna know that something left you with such strength that you could say, I'm done bowing to perversion, I'm done bowing to porn, I'm done bowing to problems. Come on, where are the fearless at tonight? I knew the real test would be when I got home. And so I remember I get home and I get into my room and I feel, I'm not lying. I walk in my room and it felt like someone else was living in this room. I just got a change, caused such a change in my heart. And I remember I, I'm sitting there and uh, standing there at the doorway and then God highlights my bookshelf. There were no books on the bookshelf, but it was full of CDs and, and, and they were like CDs that I, I downloaded, and I'll never forget, God was addressing my music. And I'll never forget, I look at it, I look at all the music, and he's like, get rid of all of this. And I'm like, what do you mean by all? Like in the Greek and the Hebrew and Latin, like, what do you mean by all? And I found out in every language, all means all. And so, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, son, get rid of all of this. And I'm like, Lord, I paid for some of this. <laughs> it's a true story. And, and, he's, and I said, Lord, why? And he said, you know what's interesting about your generation? This was interesting. I'm noticing this even now. You know, I can make you laugh the entire night, but as soon as I start talking about your music, your movies, or your relationships, you don't listen. And then you wonder why you open doors to your soul and your mind, and then you battle anxiety and depression and hate and racism and prejudice and fear. You wonder why. Yeah, I just, I went from like Pastor Chris to Uncle Chris, like that. Just like that. I'm now Theo Chris, right? So, I, like, I remember, I'm like, Lord, why? And he's like, son, because I'm trying to raise something different that's gonna model something of heaven. And when you listen to this, it's not gonna give you the right thoughts, it's not gonna give you the right emotions, it's not gonna give you the right goals, and all of a sudden, you're gonna start feeling a competition, and I won't, be, I won't compete for your soul. You're either 100% mine, or you're not. So I was like, God, I'm yours. And so I went into the kitchen, and I grabbed a trash bag. It actually, it wasn't a trash bag, it was a Walmart bag. Come on, any ghetto people? Use the Walmart bags. Come on. And if you're bougie, you get the gray ones, not the white ones, so you could be a little extra. You know what I mean? So I remember I grab a Walmart bag, and I start taking the CDs, and I'm like breaking them. Pop, 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 pop. I'm breaking all of them. And then um, I, I remember, like, I, I'm breaking everything. I mean, I was listening to, like, everything from, like, Dr. Dre's The Chronic to, like, Limp Biscuit, Metallica. Some, some of you nodding your head, you're like, he a real one. He a real one. He got a pass, right? I remember, I'm, I'm throwing this, and then all of a sudden, I'm done breaking the last CD, and then God highlights something in my closet, and I, and I know exactly what he's coming for, and, and I'll never forget, he was addressing my addiction to weed, 
and I'll, I'll never forget, I, I go over and, and, and I remember he's talking about my, I call it my trippy box. Because let, let me teach you some weedology for just a second. All right. Any real pothead, I'm talking about true pothead, committed pothead, all right, doesn't just have their regular weed, they got their backup weed too, all right? And I had a fat 20 sack of weed in this box. Had my papers and my pipes. Uh, I'm sure there's some police officers in here going, <laughs> I rode with one. I know where you're at, right? And so I, I remember I was sitting there and God, God's like, son, get rid of this. And I'm like, son, Lord, He's like, son, get rid of all of this. Well, I know what he means by all, but I, I remember arguing with God. I'm like, God, but God, but God, you, you created this. <laughs> Y'all ever had that? Don't you judge me. Like you're looking, you're like, oh my gosh, I had the same conversation. I said, Lord, you created this. And then he responded, he said, son, I created the plant, but I didn't create the chemicals they put in that plant to get you high. Furthermore, the real problem is that when you get low and you get depressed or you get scared, you run to this and now you get to run to me and I am not a gateway truck. I am the way, the truth, the life and I won't leave you with side effects and I won't leave you lacking. I'm gonna fill your soul and I'm gonna fill your mind. Where are the fearless at tonight? So I remember... I go down the hall and I go to the bathroom and I don't forget, I'm sneaking in so my parents don't see me. And I remember I'm going to the toilet and I'm like tearing up all the papers and I'm like dumping out all the, I'm like crying like it's a funeral. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I'm crying. I remember, but I knew I was done bowing. I remember I walked back into the room and I'll, I'll never forget. I, I, I looked at the walls, God highlighted all the walls and, and it was full of like, pictures of drugs and half naked, a lot of half naked women all, all over the walls. And the Lord said, get rid of all of that. So I like, I, I was like, I didn't even, I knew the argument wouldn't work. So I just went to the walls. I wasn't like some of you OCD people where you take the pins out and then you roll it up and then you put a color rubber band to know which one it is. And I, I'm like ripping these things off the wall. I'm like screaming. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a pervert. I'm not. Like I'm sitting here yelling at it. But I get to the last poster. And I'll never forget, it was the Budweiser twins. I'm not lying. And I remember, I remember looking at it, and I was like, God, the twins too? Because you created them. <laughs> this is a true, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm, this is a true story, all right? And I'm like, Lord, you created them. You know, it's a, let me just take a quick rabbit trail here, because, you know, where the, come on, where are the ladies at? Come on, queens, where are you at? Hey, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You know, it's amazing what you post on social media. Oh, it got real quiet. Some of you are like, ah! <laughs> wait, wait, what did you say? It's amazing, because y'all, y'all be posting the most, y'all be posting stuff like this. Y'all be posting stuff like, and then it's a carousel, and you're sitting there, and then, and then you put a, a scripture in the caption. You're over here like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then we hear you talking like, where are the real men of God at? I need a man who chases after God's heart. Where are the men? Well, they know not to be around a Jezebel like you.
Let me tell you something, queen. You're a daughter of God. You're a princess that was bought with a price. And don't you dare lower your standard for some confused little boy that wants to get you to do stuff that you have no business doing out of the covenant of marriage. You go ahead and wear your crown and don't you ever lower your head for some little boy that wants you to take it off from time to time. Come on, where the men at? Where the kings at? Where the lions at? Let me hear, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh huh. I hear you. I think one of the greatest things you could do for revival is stay single. <laughs> you guys are like, oh, oh, oh. what? I'm telling you right now, I'm serious because I've watched a lot of people who come into something like this and they get so encountered by God, but then it takes one distraction and her name is, and then all of a sudden, you don't know what to do with your life. Let me tell you something. You have no right, sir, bringing some little girl into your confusion because you're still clicking on stuff you shouldn't be. You're still watching stuff you shouldn't be. You don't have an attitude that's worthy of being in a relationship. You need a season of singleness. You be with God and God alone, and you trust him to form you, and you pick up your own pace and your own rhythm, and eventually there will only be one female that can carry the pace or outrun you, outpray you, outfast you, outworship you. And then that's the one. I'm, I'm helping some people out. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, some of you, you're going to have, like, hey, you're probably telling me, like, hey, we need to talk after this. So I remember, I'm like, God, the twins too? Because you created them. And God, I'll never forget, God's, <laughs> he's like, son, I did create them but I can create them for you to fantasize over and pollute your emotions and your thoughts and your urges over. I don't want you to awaken love before it's time, like it says in my word, and I want you to begin to put your mind on my scriptures and put your mind on the things of God so that you don't worry about perversion and you, don't, you one day can look your own son in the eyes and walk him through. You can walk your own children through. You can walk other children through. You can walk a generation through purity because you went and killed that lion and you killed that bear and you know how to take out that giant. So I remember I'm tearing out, and then all of a sudden I get a phone call. This is, the real, this is a real test test. It's from my friends. And they're like, hey, 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 uh, uh, what, what time it, you know what, hey, what you do? Ah, yeah. That's code for we're going to come get high in your room. So I, so I was like, yeah, come on over. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So they're good. I'm never forget. I'm never forget. I'm sitting there. There's like four of us in my room, and, and we got the window open because you blow it. Anyways, and so... I, I'll never forget, my, my, my friends are all sitting, and they roll a fat blunt. I mean, this thing, fat, I mean, this thing was beautiful. It was big. And, and I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, and my kid, my, my, I'm watching all of my friends start taking hits like this, and they're like, you know, puff, 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 give, puff, if you've been to a seminar, you know, so like, so then it, then it gets to me, right? And they're like, here you go. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, fam. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, come on. Nah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And they're like, no, this is the good good. This is the good good. And I, I said, no. And I started telling them what happened. I said, man, I went to camp. And man, I met Jesus. And he changed my life. And he said he'd be with me. And he's here right now. Like, God's with us right now. And they're like, no way. He's here? Like, he's here? My friends were stupid. Let me tell you what happened. You know what? I started losing some friends. I lost some status. 
I lost some invites, but let me tell you what I didn't lose. I didn't lose my peace. I didn't lose my joy. I didn't lose my purity. I didn't lose my faith. And I'm here to tell you that you're done bowing as a generation to all of this garbage that's trying to be thrown at you from campus to schools to work to jobs. I'm telling you, you're done bowing. Nebuchadnezzar said, when you hear the sound, the sound, when you hear the sound, when you, when you hear this sound, there is something about having the right sound. There is something about knowing the right sound. There, there's, a, there, there's something about knowing when heaven makes a sound. I'm talking about when the sound of trumpets started to blow, all of a sudden Jericho's walls fell. I'm talking about when the sound of praise and worship started to be sung, the jail cell of Paul and Silas started to be shaken. There's something about right sound. You know, my Bible says that God divides with his voice. He divides the flames. Let me put it to you like this. There's something about having right sound. My Bible says we do not have the spirit of fear, but of, help me out but of power, love, and a sound mind. You better have the right sound. There's something about people who say, I'm done bowing. And the reason why you're done bowing is because you have the right sound. Here's the second thing you get to say with your life. Number two, number two, I won't bow. And number two, I won't burn. You wanna know why I don't burn? Because I didn't bow. You know, the, this world will make fun of you. They will try and convince you that you're the only one in life. Why, are you, why won't you party? Why won't you show up? Why won't you do this? Why won't you get into it? Why won't you tap in? And they try to make you feel like you're the only one. But then they go through some storms like you go through some storms, and they watch that you, don't, you still have joy and you still have peace. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. How come your life's not on fire like mine? The first thing they'll ask you is, why don't you bow? Why don't you bow? Why don't you bow? But eventually, they're gonna ask you, how come you don't burn? Why don't you catch fire like I'm catching fire? Why don't you catch struggle like I catch struggle? Why don't you catch problems and struggles like I, are you following me? I had a young lady in our student ministry. Her name was Jasmine. And uh, you okay with stories tonight? Is that cool? Can I do that? I, I literally, I preached at a conference not too long ago. And they were like, Pastor Chris, we love you. You're funny. <laughs> and then they said, they said, but less stories and more word. And I was like, have, have you read this thing? Did you read what Jesus did? All this man did was tell stories. I mean, people would come and ask him deep life questions, and he, this man would be like, there was a certain man. There was a farmer. There was a seed. Are you following me? There was a widow. There was a field. Like, this man just prayed. He didn't even answer questions. He was like, there was this one day. That's all. I'm like, you apparently don't know Jesus. That's all this man does is tell stories. So I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to tell stories. Jasmine um, was in our student ministry and she called us one day and I never forget. It's like Monday morning. It was like 6 a.m. I'm having my quiet time. She calls me. I remember I answered my phone and, and I'm like, Hey Jasmine. And she's like, Pastor Chris, I need to talk to you right now. I said, well, good morning to you too, Jazz. And she said, no, stop playing, sir. I need to talk to you right now. I said, well, we on the phone talk. She's like, no, 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 fam. I need to see you face to face. I need to talk to you right now. So I was like, okay. So I, I went to my wife and I said, Hey, um, I said, Jazz is calling, and she wants to talk to me face-to-face. -face. Are you cool if I run her through Starbucks, and then when I drop her off of school? She's like, yeah, no problem. So we're in the drive-thru at Starbucks, right? I turn over to Jasmine. I'm like, Jazz, why you got me in this car? And she goes, Pastor Chris, you need to listen. <laughs> now, now, I have learned something about the female species. I, I've learned about, about, about you ladies. Like, there's some, I, I have a wife. I have two daughters. I have learned something that when your finger does this right here, okay, that's all the boom. When it does this, somehow this is some button that gives your neck permission to be 20 feet longer than it just was. All right, you went from like girl to giraffe 
like that. Just like that. Boom, boom. She said, Pastor Christian, and then you'll be swinging your arm like this. Pastor Christian, you need a list. You need a list. What is this? David and Goliath coming. Like, what, what is this? Pastor Christian, I'm telling you, her neck got so long, it's like both sides of her head touched my car. Just like that. She said, Pastor Christian, you need to listen. I said, I said, okay. And she said, on Friday, I was in my speech class, and I was given an assignment. I was supposed to give a two-minute speech on something important that happened in my life. I said, okay, dope. Do a good job. She says, but I was praying on Saturday. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He told me to share my testimony in my speech class because that's something important that happened in my life. And, um, and now, let me explain your youth pastors for just a second, your young adult pastor. All right. When you tell us that you're going to take a stand for Jesus in a public school, we tend to get a little hype about it. All right. We tend to get a little excited about it. All right. And so she's like, so I'm going to do it. I'm like, you're going to do that? She's like, I'm going to do that. I said, are you sure going to do that? She said, I'm going to do that. I said, you better do that. You better, do, you better not be a sissy. You better do that. She's all like this. And she's like, well, that's why I have you here. Can you, can you tell me how to, how to share my testimony? I said, girl, you better focus right now. She had braids. I almost grabbed her by her braids. I'm like, girl, you better focus right now. I said, when you give your testimony, you talk about all the great things God's done in your life. I mean, you can, you can talk about some of the garbage, but the truth is a real testimony is giving God all the credit for all the change and all the good things that have happened in your life. Like, it bothers me when people share their testimony. They're like, you know, I used to party all the time. I used to get high all the time. You know, I used to, you know, and then I got saved. It was great. Look, the world doesn't want to know that. The world doesn't want to know what you were like in the world. They want to know what you've been like since you left the world, embraced Jesus, and now he's given you grace to live out his word. So I said, I said, Jazz, you, you shed light on some of that, but you make sure you give majority of the time and give credit to God. She's like, all right, bet. So we get to the school a little early. We turn on some worship music, and we're like praying. Like we have prayed over this school hundreds of times, walked the school, the whole thing. And so we're like stretching our hands. We're commanding, Lord, I tear down every veil. We established in the king of life. I mean, now kids are showing up and they start walking in front of our car and we're praying. We're like, and then groups of kids, we're like, I mean, we're like going after it. And then she's like, all right. She's like, Pastor Chris, I got to go. I said, okay, listen, you tell me what happened. You call me as soon as you can and tell me what happened in school. She's like, all right, bet, right? So she goes to her first period class. Her, her second period class is a speech class. She goes to her first period class. She don't learn nothing. She don't learn nothing. She's just sitting there, and she, she's sitting there, and she's praying, and she's shaking. She's like, she's like having a spiritual seizure. You know, she just, just like this. And then all of a sudden, the bell rings. Come on. And you know, that moment comes. I mean, you know that moment. The moment you're about to do, right before you're about to do what God told you to do. Right? It's in no, that's really what makes us right there. That's really what makes or breaks a troop, a follower of Jesus. It's that moment where you're like, all of a sudden you, you start having butterflies. Forget that. You have like pterodactyls flying around in your stomach. All right. Like you got, I mean, you start like the spirit of stupid comes on you and you start praying stuff that don't even make sense. You're like, God, are you ready? God, you good? You good? Are you coming? Are you going to come? I don't want to force anything. You still want to do it? You know, I don't want to force anything. I don't force anything. I'm asking. I'm asking, right? Like, and so by the time she had left this class and got to her speech class, she convinced her, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So she went in, I'm telling you, she sat in her chair, boom, locked down, just like this. And so the teacher comes in, she goes, okay, we got presentations today. Come on, anytime there's a presentation, what does the teacher ask? Are there any? Right, so, so she says, um, she says, I don't have any volunteers. One kid says, I'll go. So, you know, he goes up, does a great job, sits down. 
And she goes, all right, any more volunteers? And there's like nobody volunteering. And she's like, okay, um, Jasmine, why don't you come on up here? And Jasmine's like. <laughs> she, she was walking up to the little podium. She's like, that ain't right, God. I mean, I see you, but we're going to talk about that later. You played way too much. You got on my nerve, right? So she walks over and, and she says, guys, I want to tell you. She starts straight into it. She goes, guys, I want to tell you about the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And like all the air, all the air got sucked out of this classroom. People were like, <gasps> even the teacher who's from a different religion went. She says, you know, a lot of you know me. You know, I used to get in trouble a lot. I used to party all the time. I used to get drunk and high all the time. She looked at kids. She said, remember, we used to get high all the time. And, then, and this kid was like, oh, 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 oh. I don't remember. I was high, and that's the way it works, you know. So, and, and she says, but, you know, a co-worker invited me to church. And so I came, and I liked it. And so I came back, and the people were nice. And so I came back the third week, and I felt like, like God was speaking to me. And she said, I came back the fourth week, and I'll, I will never forget the fourth week. I'll never forget. We had just finished our pre-service prayer. Our church at this time was very, very small. I mean, it was like, it was like, a, a, like a tenth of this room and we'd pack it in. I mean, it was just wild. And so we finished prayer. We opened like doors like that in the back and Jazz was the first to walk in. She took one foot inside of our sanctuary. She took one foot and pow, went out under the power of God. Boom, just like that. And she started screaming. I mean, screaming. Like, let me tell you something, all right? Come on, talk to me later. I mean, there is a difference between the way whipped cream, chocolate, and caramel cries. All right, there's a big difference, huge difference, all right? You know, let me just talk about whipped cream. Come on, whipped cream, make some noise. <laughs> because you try to have a conversation while you're crying. You're like, It's true. Caramel, you just hold the same note the whole time. You just sitting there like, eee, eee. same face, same note the whole time. It's true story. This is research. This is, this is science. You could Google this. But my chocolate family, come on chocolate, make some noise. My chocolate family, hey, hey, you got this on lock. I'm going to tell you this right now. Jasmine's chocolate, all right? Jasmine goes, Pow, just like this, and she starts screaming. She's like, oh, God, oh, oh, God, oh. She does that the whole night. I'm not lying. The whole night. Ah! The whole night. I mean, we, like, she was doing, we had to lead worship over that. We had to do announcements over that. We had to preach over that. Had to do it. We didn't, we were a small little church. We didn't have a closet. You put all the demon folk in until they shut up and then you can let them out. We didn't have none of that. We didn't have that. I mean, when she's the whole time, right? I mean, the doors, like people are having to step over Jasmine to get out of the church. It's a true story. I'm going to tell you right now, she went down, but she got up different. She went home and told her brothers what happened. Both her brothers came to the service the next week and both her brothers got saved. They went back and we were doing a series on, on prayer that wins souls and we were going after people to win souls and they started praying for an hour after every Wednesday night service for their parents' salvation because one of them was cheating and the other one was an alcoholic and both of them in 30 days got saved. I mean, it was like tearing up 
all of the devil's tor all the devil's territory. So Jasmine is sharing this in this classroom. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she like we have always taught our students, you don't just present the gospel, you demonstrate the gospel. Like I always say, presentation without demonstration is an abomination. You wanna know why we're not winning generations like we used to? Because all we're really good at presenting. We're really good at polishing podcasts, posts, 60 second clips, but we lack power. We lack anointing. And what we really need is not people who just know how to present it, but people who know how to demonstrate it. And so we always have taught our students and trained them. So Jasmine's gone through our discipleship and she's talking about how God touched her life and took away this addiction and healed some things in her family. And she sees a cheerleader in the front row and she's got her knee in a brace. And, and so she, she looks at cheerleader and she goes, hey, God's healing your knee. Take your knee out of that brace. And the cheer's like, okay. So she takes her knee out of the brace and she's like, this chick's from Orange County, all right? And so she's, she's like walking around like this and she goes, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And she starts crying. She's like, look at my knee, look, Becky Smith, look at my knee. And God heals her knee in front of the whole class, the whole class. Then Jasmine turns to a football player in the back. She says, hey, you hurt your arm in the game and, and, and God's gonna heal your arm. Take your arm out of that sling. And he's like, okay. So he takes his arm and he's like, bruh, bruh, bruh. This right here, this right, this right here. Look at my arm, look at my arm. And God totally heals his arm in front of the whole class. The whole class. Then Jasmine turns to the teacher. And she, yeah, go big or go home, right? So she's like, Miss so-and-so, you've doubted God's real since you're a little girl. But these two miracles are signs to you that Jesus is the one true living God. He's resurrected, and he wants you to, you want to encounter it. And Jasmine throws her arm like this. The power of God hits this teacher who falls out of the chair on the floor and has a two-minute visitation from Jesus right there as she's on the ground. I'm telling you, I feel faith in this room. I feel radical rising in this room. Jasmine sees a teacher go out, so she starts giving words of knowledge. I mean, she's talking about stuff like they would, nobody would know. She's like, hey, there's someone here. She's like, hey, you're pregnant, and that's the dad, and you guys are planning on getting an abortion today, but God wants you to have this baby, and our church is going to help you. This girl breaks out into tears. The guy jumps up, runs over, and starts holding her, and everybody's crying. They're like, oh, my God. Oh my. Is, this, is this class or church? Like, they can't figure it out. I mean, she's like giving words of knowledge. She, she's telling, I mean, she's looking right at the kids. She's not asking. She's like, hey, there's someone here who is addicted to prescription meds. She's like looking at the kid. And she's like, hey, hey. She says, this is funny. She goes, hey, lift your hands. And this kid's like. <laughs> she prays for him. Boom. This kid, the teacher, this kid goes out. The teacher gets up and she runs, literally, she runs into the teacher's lounge, and she's like freaked out. She's like, oh, you guys have to come here. There's like four other teachers in there. She's like, hey, you need to come here. Come here, come here, you need to come here. Stop, stop what you're doing. Come on, come here, come here. And she lines the teachers up in her class. She's like, Jasmine, do, do it again. Do, do it again, do it again. And so Jasmine goes over and starts laying hands on them, and she is literally telling them things they've only told their spouses, or they've only told their, uh, their, their, uh, their parents. And then one by one, pow, 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 all of them out under the power of God. Now, 
I recognize there's some over-churched people up in this room. And I, can, I always hear your thoughts. You're always like, how do I know that's real? How do I know? I want to know. How do I know? These people exhaust me. You want to know how I know? Because I got the call from the assistant principal. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Hey, uh, Reverend Estrada? I'm like, yeah, who this? I didn't know who it was. I'm like, yeah, who this? they're like, oh, this is Principal so-and-so from such-and-such school. Uh, sir, we have seen some unique events today. And then he said, sir, could you tell us what a glory bomb is? Because they were like, Jasmine, what happened? She's like, it was a glory bomb, the glory bomb, and it exploded all over. The and all the school heard was bomb. Why would that happen? Because there's a generation that's rising, that's fearless, and they're saying, I won't bow and I won't burn. I don't care if you threaten my life. I'll go down as a martyr if I have to, but I came to serve one God and his name is Jesus. Come on, where are the fearless at? Where are the radicals at? Where? Let me tell you something. The Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were tied up and thrown in. But then when King Nebuchadnezzar sees them, he says, didn't we throw in three men tied up? But then he said, how come I see four men walking around unharmed? Let me tell you something. Too many times, if you're not careful, you'll avoid your furnaces. You'll avoid your fires. And we like to think that, oh, nothing burned in this furnace. No, there was one thing that burned. The very thing that Satan tried to use to trap them, to intimidate them. He tried to tie them up. The very thing that would have killed them. That's the only thing that burned. And I feel like tonight God is turning this moment into a holy furnace and he wants to burn off every excuse, every reason, every doubt, every worry, every insecurity. Tonight, we're going to run this town, baby. Come on. If you believe that, you ought to give God 15 seconds of praise right now. fearless you say I don't bow I don't burn and the last thing you say is I don't budge because I didn't bow I won't burn because I don't burn I don't have to move I don't have to be silent I don't have to be intimidated I'm here to tell you tonight you're done bowing I'm here to tell you tonight you don't burn and I'm here to tell you tonight you don't budge. I feel like there's a prophetic claim in the room. There's people tonight that want something so sacred that they will push past what they normally do in these moments. They'll push past all the plastic, all the routines, all their religious traditions. They'll push past all of their preconceived ideas of what God wants to do and they will get radical and let their hunger take them to a place in God right here in this moment. 
You're not here to be cute. You're here to be consecrated. You're not here just to be influential. My gosh, you're, you're here because you need to be imparted to. There's not one of us here tonight that doesn't need more. And your spirit deserves to be overdosed on courage, anointing, and authority. And that is what God is gonna do right now. I don't know where you're at. I don't know your story. I don't know your background, but I do know a God who could take any person's bad, any person's worst, any person's weakness, any person's fears, and begin to weaponize them that you become a walking nightmare for the kingdom of darkness and you become reliable to heaven. Come on, is there any fearless people in the room tonight? I'm gonna ask you to come and receive. I feel like when you get out of these chairs and you answer an altar moment, this is not a moment where like, oh, I want someone to pray for me. I want someone to lay hands on me. You know what this is? This is a moment, it's a prophetic act to say, I'm gonna get out of my normal space and I am gonna come to a moment in God where I can only have Him. I only want Him. For you to leave right now, would be a huge mistake in your life. I'm telling you, listen, this is Lathrop. There ain't nothing else to do. The best thing you could do with your life is give these next 20, 30 minutes to God. What would happen if you broke your routines? I'm telling you, I feel such a sacred hunger in this room. I feel such a unique faith. Man, I feel a pull on the things of God in this room. Listen, you don't need to look to this platform to decide what you're gonna get out tonight. You're hungry for a reason, let God fill you. You're thirsty for a reason, let God fill you. You desire for a reason, let God fill you. If there's a longing in the room, you wanna open your mouth and let God know, God, encounter me. God, fill me. Come on, lift your voice. Once again, thank you so much for joining in and listening to the message brought to our house this past Sunday. We love you, and we pray you have a blessed day and blessed week.